Welcome back to The Docket. It's the podcast version of bestevidence.fyi. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am here, as I tend to be, with Eve Beatty. Hello, Eve. Hello. Let's play ball. Yeah, I had a bunch of ideas for punt uh, puns, <laughs> and then they all just fell apart, so I will skip it. But... We are talking about uh, sports crime, which we've done before, but sort of in a different context. Specifically, we're talking about the upcoming American sports story from the creators of American Horror Story, American Crime Story, um, American Dance Story probably is coming up at some point, or at least we can hope that it is. I think that this might be redundant um if they are like it feels like any american sports stories that they're going to tell may be focused on crime which like you already have a franchise for that um and you could fit a bunch of them into feud also just saying um if you want to revive winning time our esteemed colleague tara ariana would be happy about that um oh, me too but uh like, look, pro sports and crime stories, there's a ton of overlap there. Uh, why Why do you think that um, Murphy, Felchuk, et al. are coming at it from this angle? Also, why couldn't they have figured out a way to or, uh, to name it where the initialism was not ass? Because American sports yeah, Oh, my God, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I was like writing my notes and I was like, oh, that's not going to work for me. Call it something else. Anyway, thoughts on the thoughts on this creative team and the the way into the storytelling. Well, my guess, my guess is that uh, Murphy Falchuk and you know company like that, whatever the American blanks story industrial complex uh, was having a meeting with executives where they were talking about, all right, what are you going to do? Because I'm assuming that they have like a sort of a multi a multi-property first look deal or something like that right, with yeah, whomever they're right. with right now, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm assuming that they were talking to an executive and the executive said, hey, well, that OJ thing did good. How about you do more like that? If I did good, I'm in this uh, scenario, the executive uh, misuses grammar. And so did good does not mean was positive for the universe as much as uh, it did well, did good numbers, um, was I believe nominated a few times. So yeah, mm -hmm. and I think it's true. Like I think it was, I think it was a critical and commercial success as much as any broadcast property can be considered a commercial success at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there you know there are some casting objections that we can point to out in the culture. Sure. I um, was less against Cuba Gooding as OJ um, than most people, um, while still not exactly for. That casting, I think physically it was just not quite right, but I think he did some good things. And yeah, I because think, he's a teeny, teeny, tiny little guy. Yeah, he does not take up nearly as much space as uh, even a diminished O.J. Simpson does. But there's something about this um, this creative teams. They tend to come back in many of their stories to the warping. Um, downstream toxicity of uh, the homophobia of cultures, institutions, so on mm -hmm. and so forth, um, which I think 
the different ways they find to do that are compelling and creative and sometimes deeply misguided, as we have talked about with the monster franchise, specifically Dahmer, that it was like, I see what you're trying to do, and I don't entirely disagree, but it's crossing the streams with glorification, and I don't think it works in this case. So I'm interested to see if this is the tack that they take with the Aaron Hernandez story, just because of um, rumors, jailhouse gossip, whatever, that Aaron Hernandez was queer, and that that was causing some problems and a question mark. I mean, you know, in the world of pro football, I think maybe that's not something that you want to be or feel. But and in sport, like pro sports generally, I think are not uh, not super open. And I am not going to go on a rant about baseball players refusing to participate in Pride Night. But guys, fucking get over it. Anyway, um, what do you what do you think the likelihood is that American Sports Story colon Aaron Hernandez goes in that direction? in a more sort of um, speculative direction about Hernandez's sexual orientation? Well, I think that the likelihood is a thousand percent. And something that I will point out that I think is also going to be challenging timing based on, I mean, we don't know, like schedules are obviously really weird right now because of the strike and everything else availability. There are sort of, a lot of things that are difficult to predict about when things are going to come out right now. So this is this is beyond speculative. But I'll point out that the other sort of, you know, Murphy, etc. property that we are aware of that was cast around the same time and announced around the same time and everything else is the Menendez story. Right. So we are arguably going to have Murphy, who is a white man from a cis white man from indiana um and his colleagues many of whom are also cis white men tackling two different stories of latinx people that involve allegations of either sexual misconduct sexual abuse or uh um i don't know like i'm trying to think of like sexuality that could not be openly discussed right you know so that and i am i'm certainly not conflating you know uh, the allegations of molestation that the uh, menendez boys made with consensual uh sex between two men as has been rumored about aaron hernandez i'm not conflating that but i'm saying that within sort of the whole like log line area that we have these two very similar stories either suggests maybe you know, you can do some research level double dipping or that these shows uh, risk sort of making some of the same mistakes. Yeah, it's the some of the same mistakes thing that I'm that I'm concerned with. I mean, I think also that there are plenty of ways to come at this story that are not... I just don't think I want yet another sort of recitative about athlete privilege and how it um, 
like just covers over problems and lets them fester societally. Like, I don't think that that's this production team's strength. I think that if they have certain preoccupations in the parts of these stories that catch their attention, that's fine. But then you have to be a little more creative in returning to this extremely well-trodden ground. Like, I know I always come back to this, but the second season of American Crime Story was brilliant for a lot of reasons, but the way that they started at the end and stepped back was really smart. Because how many more times can you go over... um, a manhunt and Cunanan's just, I don't know, generally shitty quality as a quote human being. Like we, we get all that. We've done all that. That ground has been traveled. How can you change the perspective on a story like that? And many of the decisions that they made were brilliant in that regard. And I hope that they uh, try to do that with, Aaron Hernandez, because I just feel like, you know, it's in some ways, it's a, like a tragic variation on a story that we've heard in various particulars, a lot of times. And like, I also don't know that this is this, this is the um, narrative squad to take on what's maybe the most criminal aspect of this, which is the NFL and various other football organizations insisting for many, many years that concussions and CTE were not an issue. And now we know it is, but do I go to Ryan Murphy for that analysis and investigation? No, I don't know. Well, no, you, you completely beat me to the punch hot with that. Um, Because like, I was thinking about how, listen, if OJ had, was being tried now i am certain that cte would be brought up as a potential defense and um and i think that that would not have been unreasonable to do um i do not think that it would have been a uh bullshit defense move i think it would have been fair to assert and um i feel the same way about the Hernandez case. I think talking about CTE was a fair thing to do. And I do not Mm -hmm. think it was a bullshit move. And I think that I, you know, I think about that with some of, you know, these other cases that we've seen of domestic abuse of crime by people who are lower profile, but people who participated in sports. And I think that Murphy et al. have a, a facility with the culture mm-hmm. with a vibe, but I don't think that I think that I worry that either in their hands, CTE will be a blanket excuse mm-hmm. for, every, you know, January 6th, a lot of those guys look like they've been knocked on the heads or um, won't get the take that it needs. Cause it's, it's boring when you get into it. It's amorphous when you get into it. Like there's a reason that nobody went to see concussion. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the the fact is that this, and this is evolving, but as of when um, Hernandez, like this story was unfolding actively, his brother's continued misdeeds aside, you couldn't properly diagnose this condition until autopsy. 
and I think that's mostly still true. They have some better tests for what may be happening ongoing when a patient is still alive. But as of when Hernandez, Aaron Hernandez was in the headlines. So, I mean, maybe the best way into this story for them is to do like a uh, Air Rashomon kind of thing where it's like episode one is from his brother's perspective. Episode two is like all of his coaches having breakfast together and talking about like, I don't know, just break it up a little bit. Um, Understanding that he can no longer say one way or the other. And for the last five years of his life probably was not a um, reliable reporter of his own life. Um, So maybe that's the way to go because there is that sort of um, empty spot at the center that we're just never going to like that black part of the x-ray. We're just not going to know what was there. You know, one thing to remember too, and I, I'm thinking about this only because a few episodes ago we talked about litigation and people talk, you know, people challenging how they were presented in true crime stories, Mm -hmm. which, you know, to your point, Hernandez will not be here to do, but his family still exists. And I'm assuming they have lawyers. He technically was never convicted because he took his own life prior to sentencing, which means that his conviction was de facto, uh, vacated Mm -hmm. so all of this means that there are certain things that if you want to avoid allegations of libel or i don't know how his family is involved or getting paid or whatever for this but uh there's some stuff that you're not going to be able to say on the show like you're not going to you are you'd really be taking a risk showing him doing it right yeah that's true um yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll see. They already have cast Aaron and Dennis Hernandez, so uh, I mean, I assume this is going forward, although if I'm not mistaken, American Crime Story 2, which was I think originally going to be about Hurricane Katrina, I think that had gotten to the casting stage and we're just never going to see that season, I don't think. I thought of some other seasons that I would have preferred to see lead off American sports story. Do you have any other pertinent, uh, pertinent subjects that you think would be a better fit to go first than Aaron Hernandez? Well, I certainly would not mind a, and there are so many to choose from. I would, I certainly would not mind a dissection of Vince McMahon. Mm. and uh who he is what he is alleged to have done and how uh he returned to his company virtually unscathed but i don't see how you could get away with that without getting sued from here to kingdom come so uh but i don't know if he you know he dropped dead tomorrow and stephanie McMahon said it, you know, like said go ahead do your worst that's a show i would watch the hell out of yep same here. I had a bunch of ideas, but um, including uh, a look at the history of um, prison athletes, um, oh, yeah. the, like the races, uh, the football games, um, baseball teams. Um, there was one in, uh, I think, Wyoming that was like all it was like death row versus the rest of the prison. And um, there's a 
book about it that was one of the first books I got for the shop and one of the first things I sold um, got snapped right up. Um, and I also thought that maybe a sort of broader look at the Black Sox. I'm like the one person who thinks that Eight Men Out, both book and film, are extraordinarily overpraised. I think there are a lot of things going on there societally that uh, need another interrogation and um, to be like resurfaced and looked at. And it would be a fantastic costume drama. And you could cast a whole bunch of cuties in it. And I am there for it. Um, Say it ain't so, Sarah. Yeah. But what I settled on was Pete Rose. (gasps) I mean... That story, and it just never, it still is not over. It, it, it just never ends. It never ends. So I would really, and he, I think, is one of those guys that, like, even if it's unflattering, like, there literally is no such thing as negative attention, as far as Pete Rose is concerned. Um, as you might have deduced from a number of his 1970s hairstyles, because, oh my God, why didn't anyone who cared about you tell you to stop with the sideburns? But this, um, his whole uh, ties to criminality, gambling, and the ways that he and his case let baseball fans feel smugly self-righteous um, is fascinating to me. And that was the first uh, paper that I presented at this baseball conference that I do each year was, um, you know, Pete Rose's argument for the Hall of Fame and that it's, you know, not a Hall of Boy Scouts. And if Ty Cobb is in there, you really have no excuse, etc. Like that guy actually killed somebody. Is, is there a property that you'd recommend on um, the slaying of a Michael Jordan's father? I, that is, that is one that really is, um, like strangely undercovered. Um, but that case has always nagged at me. And the reason I thought of it, of course, is because you said the word gambling. Um, and yeah, it's one of those things that it's wrapped, but at the same time, it's still, do you know what I mean? It still nags at me a little bit. And I feel like I need to watch something about that. I don't know of anything. I mean, did you watch the... Did you watch the Michael Jordan 10-parter from the pandemic? Because even that doesn't really get into it, but that's probably the closest thing that you can watch about it. You know, I started that, but I think that I, I that it was like 10 parts. I was like, guys, I, I I don't think I have time for this. But maybe I should like, that might, would it be like good, like sort of on the treadmill viewing or something? Is it engaging enough that it'll keep me going? Yeah. I think so. Uh, But there's also that vibe article that I tracked down um, for the shop. And that's another thing that, you know, it almost never comes up for a reasonable price. I can't keep it in stock, but I think I talked about it on best evidence um, Mm -hmm. that it's a, and I think it's by a relatively high profile writer. I don't remember this offhand, but by the time I put together the show notes, I will have this information for you. But uh, yeah, if you if you go back and search, the marginally improved search tool may bring you to 
uh, that piece in Vibe from 94, I think. Tupac was on the cover. And uh, that's always the big selling point for this issue. But I had been looking for it for years because there was a long-form piece on the murder of his father. So that's what I would recommend if I can find it, slash if I still have scans, I'll give them to you. Redacted. Ah! Yeah, there's a there are a lot of um, post uh, retirement of like mid level performers in major league sports. Uh, it just never like there's a little squib like in Sports Illustrated, and then that's kind of the last that you hear about it, even if it was a f- relatively florid case, unless it gets picked up by Dateline. You know, if if your son was not the greatest player to ever live, then you probably aren't getting quite the number of column inches that Jordan senior got. The other thing that I think, you know, in terms of like sports crime in general is that I, my guess is that every city that is big enough to have a newspaper. So I don't mean necessarily, you know, just like New York, LA coastal elite stuff, but you know, those other cities sort of, you know, the Joplin, Missouri's Mm -hmm. of the world. Um, that all of those cities have somebody who has local fame, who, you know, got bumped from the farm team to the majors for one game, you know, basically Dennis Quaid in that old man baseball movie, mm-hmm. or, and, or the guy who uh, did play for the NFL for a couple of seasons and now he does car commercials or whatever mm-hmm. else, right? There are these local kings, and they're almost always kings because people don't care about women's sports, in every sort of decent-sized town in this nation. And these people, by and large, are, you know, they are treated like royalty in these towns. And then you'll get to the point when you're looking at these papers, many of which are Gannett, and you'll find the long read about the crimes that they eventually committed, tax fraud, uh, messing with, you know, the insurance registration on the car for their car lot, sexual assault or whatever else. And so there is this whole sort of far down the list of like the Murphy thing, layer of excellent journalism and terrific storytelling that involves people, to your point earlier on Hernandez and athlete privilege, people who whose athlete privilege has gotten them down. And so you know, now they're like, you know, in jail just outside of Oklahoma, one of those areas where you're driving through and it's always a sign like, don't pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> There's this, I mean, but the thing is, like, if someone were to compile all of those stories into a single volume, this book is not something that you or I or anybody of non athlete strength could lift. Right. But what a wonderful job for, in another timeline, Mr. J. Robert Nash the um, king of the true crime aggregators and compendia, uh, if he had done whatever the whatever punny mid-century thing he would have called the sports version of uh, Hustlers and Con Men or Bloodletters and Bad Men, um, I don't know, gr- Gridirons and Brickbats? I don't know what he would call it. Um, and I- I'm just saying that it's too bad that Friday Night Lights is already used for beloved property because I think that... A sh- a network like Oxygen or AD or even like if HBO were still doing like long running original content uh, series like they were when we were young, an ongoing 
that sort of small town, medium town sports crime anthology thing is something, you know, that you could do on a weekly basis. It could probably be affordable to do with a lot of talking heads. And I think it's something that uh, would bring people into true crime that are not the target audience and would be like a good gateway drug for a lot of folks who aren't into it already. And it's something that it's an idea that anybody who's listening can have for free. But, yeah, and it just know. sounds like um, it just sounds like sort of rebooting real sports as true yeah. sports. It, yeah, did that finally that's going off the air. Yeah, real sports. It's it's. Oh yeah, done. yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I think it. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think that the last time I looked, every episode was like a rerun too. So it might have sort of be just trickling. Yeah, An- another job yeah. for the show notes, which uh, I will have information for by the time this hits. Your ears. Yeah. Um, yeah, my husband suggested a uh, Duke lacrosse take for American Sports uh, Story that yeah. I was like, and you know that has overlap with uh, Witch Peterson? Uh, Michael Peterson. Uh, okay. It happened in Durham. And right. uh, the guy in the original staircase, the guy who um, ended up being the prosecutor who had to resign because of these charges that he stupidly prematurely filed that turned out to have no substance. Um, Nifong, I think you is how you pronounce it. He's like in the prosecutor's war room, like cackling about something or other and kind of being gross about uh, Peterson being by. Um, yeah. There, there are a lot of people in that room did not come out looking great. No. Um, but yeah, I think that that, sort of look at athlete privilege and the immediate backlash against the perception of it that then got backlash itself because, you know, no evidence was gathered. <laughs> but mm-hmm. in a, like rush to judgment, I guess, is the, is the shorter way. <laughs> Returning as everything must to the topic of JFK, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other uh, sports and crime thoughts before we wrap this up? No, I think that, you know, the last thing to sort of think about is that we haven't even talked about uh, the female driven sports crime stories. And that's Mm. because I can only think of one and that's I, Tanya. And there is, I think, a lot of fertile ground to reap from and or so when it comes to women's sports there are a lot of good stories involving softball there's a lot of sort of interesting stuff going on in the wnba that people aren't talking about some rumored gambling scandals i don't even know what's going on in soccer but i bet you there's some screwed up stuff there and that's just the stuff that i know about as like an american who only has like sort of the average sort of like pay attention to sports thing going on. But I think that the success of Itania proves that people are interested in female-driven sports crime stories too. So that's something that uh, more folks need to think about. Yep, agree. And look, there's always some horrible thing going on at the Olympics. So folks, producers, C-suite, hear our cry. Next time, we will hear one of your cries. We had a question from a listener about ethical uh, bookshop conduct when it comes to really gross subjects. 
of books and uh, ephemera, so I will be answering that. And uh, I'd love to answer any other questions like that that any of you may have. And so would Eve. Just, you know, send in a question. Doesn't have to be about anything in particular. It can also be hyper specific. We're here for it. 919 75 Crime to call or text. Editorial at bestevidence.fyi via email. That'll go to us both. Or you can just scroll down past the show notes and leave us a comment. And we really hope you do. Talk to you next time.